Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Shake Sales. I'm excited today with uh, to talk to Javier Garcia, uh, head of regional sales at Fastly. Welcome aboard. Hey, thank you. I'm excited for this awesome opportunity. Yeah. Before we start, before you know, before we hit the record button, we were talking about kind of a couple areas we can talk through. So today's episode is going to go three main areas. One is really what's there's a lot of noise out there. Let's cut through some of that stuff. What's what's real? What's just louder than it needs to be? Following up and and the importance of that. And lastly, uh, I know for a lot of folks that are watching, listening, they're early in their careers. Um, how to like move up and, and get ahead. So let's jump in. Awesome. Uh, before we, before we dive in and start getting the topic, can you give us a quick intro, kind of what you do, what your background, you know, how long you've been in sales? Uh, well, I've been in sales my entire life. Uh, first form of sales was when I was like 13, 14 selling cell phones, um, at a, at a, at a store. I was, that's where I started. Uh, and then got my career into finance. Uh, graduated at a really bad time in terms of uh, the Great Depression of the modern era. And so yeah. I went back to sales because it's the only thing that will always pay your bills no matter what happens. And there's always going to be business for it. So that's that's really a transition uh, into back into sales. And then over, you know, uh, you know, 15, 17 years now of just kind of really being um, kind of introduced to a lot of leadership concepts and ideas through books. Um, and then I uh, got early into director of sales and kind of been moving up ever since. And it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey. I think the last uh, two years at Fastly has been an incredibly rewarding experience. Uh, I've got handed um, a company that was in mass exodus that was falling apart and uh, was able to rebuild the entire company uh, sales organization from the ground up, built strategies and, 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 and uh, built was able to build the company from the ground up, was able to build strategies, build sales processes and uh, training and scaling the team. And it's been a, an amazing journey. Love it. Love it. Now, no more, more challenging slash rewarding way than building it back up from the ground up. Building right. Cause like, up. that's like, you're, you're trying to repair the damage and keep it going while recreating it. Uh, we've done that a couple of times here. So I, I, I get the pain, but yeah, let's, let's jump in. So, a lot of noise going on, right? A lot, lot, a lot of uh, folks talking about you know, change, new things going on. What, what, what's your thoughts on this? Like, what, where, where is the noise? What's real? What's not? Yeah. So, I, when I, when I, you know, when I hear noise, I, I hear like volume of activity. I hear, um, you know, the, 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 the customer's already been informed, understands the entire buying process, and that's true. That's a fact. That you know, there's, there's no getting away from that. Like today, mm -hmm. the modern buyer is completely intact. They understand uh, not only what they're buying, how they're buying it, the competitors, they understand what you do, how you do it, how your company does it, uh, reviews, processes, like it exists, a multitude of information for that buyer. And I think that's really important. Um, it gives the buyer the ability uh, to be a true buyer versus what it used to be, where they were kind of poking around um, so you, you get the inherent fact that because of the volume of information that exists, the buyers that you want to buy actually legitimately want to buy. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, how do you remove some of that information that's kind of a lot of noise? Um, and then the second piece to that or the other component to that is understanding like where you show up and actually become 
uh, consultant to that process. Like where is the right situation to be at? Um, so I think that's, that's where the noise comes in, where there's so much information. Um, and I like to kind of give some examples of this, right? So I, I get in my inbox and in my LinkedIn, uh, a multitude of, of hits for specifically for sales engagement tools mm -hmm. and so forth. And, um, what I, what I do find <clears throat> is that I do have a significant volume of uh, uptick on this. So let's just say more LinkedIn's or more emails or more texts or more calls. Um, but what I rarely get is a process for the follow-up. So yes, the volume has exponentially increased since I started doing this 17 years ago, but the actual way to follow up is completely different than it has ever been. And we have a process uh, at, at Fastly for the way that we do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about follow-ups because I, I wanna dig in on that. Because one, we're a sales engagement tool. That's, we've built the whole business on helping people follow up, kind of the premise behind this uh, to avoid lengthy sales pitches. Uh, when we were building, when we were building Mailshake, I found my sales, my sales team at the company I was working for when, when I was building this thing, they just, I, I, as a marketer, automated a lot of their follow-ups and they just magically got more deals. And I say magically and I say automated. As a marketer, I was like, these people just keep following up with like no value. Like, hey, I wanted to follow up with my previous email. Like, it's just like, that's the act of what you're doing and like saying that's just kind of useless. So I started throwing in like, a blog post they should read, a guide, and like all of a sudden the sales are like, oh my god, I'm getting way more engagement. I'm like, yeah, no shit. All you gotta do is follow up persistently yeah. with value. Um, it's not rocket science. It's and so probability. again, yeah, it's just probably very strong believer in this. But yeah, wh where's your head at? Like, what what so, is so you know what's think, the right cadence? Uh, yeah, so I think it's it's a mixture of cadence and different points, right? So I think the the most important piece is the new tools are going to work until they're not new. Like that's just the way it works, right? A follow-up mm -hmm. tool will only work until everyone is using the follow-up tool. Email's only mm -hmm. gonna work until everybody's using email. LinkedIn's are gonna work until everyone's using LinkedIn. And as as these tools become widely used, uh, they become less effective because of the volume of noise, right? They create more noise little by little. So it's about the approach and the process that you go about it. Um, we've done a multiple prong approach where we use every media possible. Um, and the two medias that we're using that are being effective is calling and physical. And those are the two medias now that we're using and capitalizing more on than anything else. Uh, mm -hmm. So we start with the really broad stroke, right? That's branding. That's big national shows. That's, um, you know, LinkedIn media, whatever that might be, whatever we're, we're working on that campaign at that given time. Uh, and then we start following up with the SDR side, which is now we got emails, follow up of emails, um, elegantly following up of emails, right? The, 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 just putting that email to the top. I know you're using outreach. Like I know that. And so it lets me know that you're using maybe some form of tool. Um, and so I know there wasn't any significant time to do it. Um, and this is obviously because I work in sales. So it, it makes it easy for me to kind of distinguish that things, but I'm sure other, um, C-levels and VPs feel the same way. It's just kind of an empty follow-up. Um, so then you use that tool and then you use the next tool, which is texting, voicemail, calling. And that's usually where I know that starts to fall short. Once we get to the first phone call, I rarely get a second phone call from that exact same company ever. It's rare. And maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I'm probably going to get flooded now <laughs> by the volume of follow-ups. But I don't. I, I generally do not get 
um, the follow voicemail that's continuous. I just don't. And mm -hmm. when you start to look at what an individual might be doing for that given day or that given week, you only get a certain percentage of free time in that given time. And, you know, there's a lot of probability that has to happen. One, I, I can't be in a phone call. I can't be in a meeting at that given time. And mm -hmm. there has to be some form of elegant feedback to where I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to actually try to answer it. And third, you actually have to create that follow-up um, process for, to be able to do that. So those are the other ones. Um, and then the third one is really looking at a little bit more deeper inspection of where folks are at physically uh, and being able to meet somebody up at a regional show. That's the, that's the last one. That's the one that's been really giving us um, a multitude of leads. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, really you're, you're, I think like people overemphasize the importance of email follow-up with the stuff that's kind of, if everybody's using tools, everyone's following up in a yeah. systematic automated way. Um, but you can't really fake a phone call. You can't really fake an you, in-person handshake. Or, and, and I'll add to uh, that, right? So I know for a fact that SDRs are putting time into it. Like I, I know for a fact, I, I can't say yeah. that 90% of SDRs are not doing the work. They're doing the work. They're, they're following yeah. people. They're, they're getting pieces of information. Right. And so uh, I, I do prospecting. Sometimes I ask my AEs, Hey, I need you guys to specifically send me an account that you want me to prospect. And, you know, typically what I do is I, I look into somebody's LinkedIn account or have they been and research it, maybe watch a clip of a video and I'll send that right. I'm like, Hey, I, I looked at your video on, the third piece of this column of this fundamental thing that you did. I thought it was great. I agree with that. Is there any way that we can maybe talk to show? And so you use that. I no disagreement that SDRs and the elegancy is probably there, but I think we need to take it to like another dimension that hasn't been taken. And that's the follow-up and phone calls and then the follow-up in the physical sense. So how mm -hmm. else would you physically follow up? When I started in my career, you would just go to the corporate office you show up to Panasonic and you sit there and you ask for a certain person, then you'll sit there into that individual would eventually come out. It's very traditional. That doesn't exist anymore. So you've got to find that exact same concept, but you got to find it in the modern world post COVID. And that means that the individual probably doesn't work out of the corporate office anymore. They probably don't locally by the corporate office, uh, but they are, they are traveling. They're going to, you got to find a show where they're going to, you got to find a show that might exhibit the, the features that they're looking for and try to see if you can match to that. So it would be um, it would be advantageous to, for any of the AEs or SDRs to say, hey, that show might be something that um, that specific BP might be going to. Let me see if I could find them. Let me see if I could find a way to get there. Um, and we had a lot of success at shows booking meetings because of that specific type of uh, process that we're doing. Love it. Yeah, and I, one other thing I want to talk about, I want to mention here and highlight is like, you also talked about starting with like some marketing and maybe ending with trade shows. So you're not just doing omni-channel outreach and, and a, uh, communication. You're also mixing in multiple forms of, of, uh, of ways of getting in front of people. So, you know, there's app, there's, you're doing sales, marketing and, 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 and trade shows. Like that's, that's, it's really hard to beat that. Right. That uh, means your competitors, if you're selling to people like, They've got to do all three things just to be on your level. Yeah, absolutely. And that that really just comes from at, at my my level, right? Understanding that the market dynamic is completely different. Understanding that 
Uh, the sales playbooks that we had uh, from four to five years ago are not going to work anymore. Understanding that and be like, how do we go into a multi-channel attack um, that kind of illustrates all we all we have. But at the end of it all, the, the, the basis for everything is how do we stay scrappy and minimize like budget? Like that's it. And you only do that through a lot of hard work, a lot of follow-up, specific tools that are going to help you do that. Um, but then you also have to hit the regional events. And so one of the early on things that we did um, is minimize budget for national events. We just weren't getting the stuff that we wanted to get at national events. We were spending a ton of money on national events and the yield wasn't there. And so we started looking at the dynamic of like, what kind of shows can there be regionally um, that could be more effective? Is it more work? Absolutely. It is a lot more work because there's more foot traffic. You have to go to more shows, be on more planes and, and back to the noise. There's more noise, but at the end of the day, you're being more effective because you're actually um, capitalizing on the fact that there's smaller regional events, there's less people, and you're more likely to meet somebody on a face-to-face than you ever would have. Love it. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Uh, let's let's move on to the last conversation, last topic, which is uh, sales professionals moving up in their careers. I know you've you've been in the space for a long time, your whole career. What I guess maybe what advice or what would you recommend folks do to kind of get ahead these days? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, one of the one of the things when I started working in my career, uh, slow and steady wins the race. That was that was the idea, All right? You you mm-hmm. go into a company. You, you stay with the company and you you really just kind of move up over time. Um, and that's that's shifted significantly. It's about finding the high risk jobs that nobody wants to do um, that really catapult your career. Um, when I when I started in my previous career at Edgecast, uh, you know, I was nominated to be a director at a foreign country. I, hey, do you want to live in Mexico? Not a lot of people are willing to do um you know, that type of sacrifice to their, to their life. But I was, uh, you know, when we needed to revamp Sao Paulo, Brazil, I nominated myself to do that. And so sometimes it's those really high risk um, situations that you get yourself put into that you're willing to raise your hand to really get you going. It's not just always based on performance. It's not just, hey, am I doing my daily task every day? It's like, are you doing all of the basics, just the baseline are you also reading your books? Are you doing your journaling? Are you doing the basics? Are you getting your mentor? And then are you taking the high risk jobs that would a lot of folks won't, right? And if you're taking those and you have a really good process in hand, you're gonna be successful. You're gonna be successful in every single role that you do, but that's gonna nominate you and put you in the in the front of the line of like folks that are willing to take high risk jobs. They're willing to do a lot of that work, put business case together, put sales processes together, put go-to-market plans together, and then really rise to the top really quickly. Love it. Awesome. Um, where can people go to kind of follow along, learn more? So funny enough, like I've, uh, so again, back to a new era of selling, right? So the new era of selling recently in the last, like right before COVID, uh, if I start, I don't have TikTok. Uh, uh, my wife has TikTok, but I, I, I look into TikTok and uh, looked into Instagram and I'm like, there's modern selling again happening all over now. A new modern selling podcast have now developed, and so recently in the last like six or seven months, I'm like, hey, I really want to start this. I want to, I want to get join the modern era of of the podcast world of putting a name for yourself. It's no longer good enough to just have a LinkedIn profile. Like you, you mm-hmm. need to really take it to another level and understand and get help people um, within that same space to further develop themselves. 
This is long-winded, I know. But I really, I've been wanting to join um, the podcast world. I've been wanting to join the TikTok world. I've been wanting to join. That's one of the things that I've been, which is why I absolutely would have uh, a love that you reached out and said, let's do this. Um, so that's one of the things. So I, I don't have a lot of social handles today. I'm working on that. And we could talk about this, um, but I, I do want to start joining some social handles, adding a few different things, but really just LinkedIn. Um, so you go to my LinkedIn, uh, it's Javier Garcia EVP, um, and you can reach me there on LinkedIn. But at some point, yeah, I'm looking to probably broaden my stroke, get an Instagram, uh, get a TikTok, uh, do a YouTube dedicated to selling and, you know, the 17 plus years of doing this. Love it. Love it. And you know what, LinkedIn, you're on the right place, right? This is where salespeople live and breathe. So, um, you're, you're at the, like probably 70% of the exposure to, to your audience already. So, uh, thanks again. And, uh, for folks listening or watching, follow, follow Javier. Thank you.